another episode of the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast. I'm your host, Mappy Davis, drinking the afternoon dunks. Once upon a time, the afternoon dunks was when I was in my house or at the other spot there. Actually, it was mostly my house. Yeah, it was mostly my house there for a long, long time uh, in between offices, I guess. Uh, Then I did the spot at the WeWork and there was a lot of Starbucks. Uh, And now I'm at my new office, downtown Atlanta, which I am loving. If you come through the city, please let me know. Downtown Atlanta here on Peachtree Street. Loving it, loving it, loving it. But that's not what you're here to hear about. You hear about all the fucking news going on, right? Well, you actually listen to OCR Weekly Show for that, right? Me and Dave Claxton every Monday, sometimes Tuesday. Uh, That's the real weekly news show. But there's so much going on, I have to talk to you about it. Because so much has freaking happened. Uh, The final 15 are in. Men and women on the High Rock side, next week, we will be broadcasting live from Las Vegas. So what does that mean? A, shitload of content. B, like stories and, and, and fun live stuff. B, the live coverage. I'll be there. Theo will be there. Bracken and Dave Claxon will be on the mic telling you all about it. We're really excited to bring that to you. And also Big Bear. Oh, my God. Then we go to Big Bear. No, it won't be live, but we'll have fun stuff there and lots of fun content on that tip. And this week, the horse hit the fan, as it were, right? With all the crazy horse stuff going on in the metathlon. And you read a lot about it. And you saw some of this posts going on from people. And they're telling everybody about it. And... Um, Today, you're going to get to hear from two people that I actually got to speak with, along with Joe. Now, if, you've, if you're super big ORM honk and you've already watched the videos, that's fine. This is probably twice that. The entire Joe conversation is twice as long as the video, and the entire conversation I had with the, uh, the women from uh, Peak Pentathlon, Avery and Heidi, is twice as long. So you get the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. And if you didn't watch those videos yet, that's fine. Because uh, now you get the whole thing right here. But we do love the clicks on the vids and the comments and the subscribes. So listen, if you can't do Patreon, which we also appreciate, right? Uh, how you can help us is by telling the Google and the YouTube machine that you like our stuff. How do you do that? Well, you engage with it. Comments, likes, subscriptions, all that stuff. It's even just taking a minute. Just taking a minute out of your bloody day. Just taking a moment and living a quick comment. Uh, let's us let's the Look, there's another. Speaking of which, there's a comment. Uh, from Thomas G. Peterson. How about this in real time? I really appreciate these two coming to speak to us, though, through you, largely not their audience. It's hard to figure any of this out. That said, the random horse during competition does not solve how pricey access to horses for training, it seems to me. There's already two comments? Holy moly. And their description of what this new OCR is fits perfectly with my skeptical expectation. I've been unimpressed by this since the first second it was described. Boy, this makes me want to rant. It's continually harder for me to get hyped about anything Olympics with all the corruption and stupid shit going on. So listen, you don't have to say something as long and ranty as that. Thank you so much, Thomas G. Peterson. You can just be like Craig. Craig, who always hops on and says nice things. For example, this time he said, cool t-shirts. And Spartan Games could become a good training slash testing ground for the new pentathlon format if Spartan adds fencing, fancy emoji, shrug emoji. So there you go. Hop on, leave comments, do the thing. Uh, but before we get to today's program, let's talk about today's sponsor, More Fitter. That's right, More Fitter, new company run by a great dude. Uh, Anti sweat stain technology, uh, water resistant, and a UPF of 50 plus. So if you're like old Jack Bauer and you don't want that sun in your face at all, 
get yourself one of these hats. There's a built-in sweatband. Uh, you can get some pretty rad designs. Okay. Uh, their hats, sweat resistance, stylish, UPF, and waterproof, as opposed to the ugly-ass regular hats, which get wet and have ugly stains on them. Just get yourself one of these one of these things. They're wetter and sweat resistant, as I said. They're breathable. They're floatable. More fitter. Built by athletes for athletes. Look better, feel better, perform better. You just get yourself one of these hats. All right. I don't know what you're fucking waiting on. You wanna you wanna be burnt to a crisp? You wanna have skin cancer? Hell no. Morefitter.com. So let's get to these two interviews. First, you are going to hear from Heidi and Avery from Peak Pentathlon, and then good old Joe, Joe DeSena. Like I said, if you think you already heard these, you haven't, because there's way more than meets the eye. Oh, you know what? I wanted to do a couple Discord shout-outs. Sorry, not Discord, Patreon shout-outs. While I had your attention, who's the latest, who's the greatest, Bing, bang. Listen, we're pushing for 200. Like I said, we dropped a little below. A couple of you deleted. That's okay. Still love you. But here's who's back. Susan Hubley, she's back. Dave Proctor, he's back. Maybe he never left. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I'm not sure. But thank you guys so much. Get on that Patreon train. Uh, we let you know uh, stuff in advance. We give you special sneaks. We I've asked for opinion. Hey, what do you guys want to hear next? And I'll give some options, and then you guys let me know. It's a cool club. We got our own Discord. We got our own FB group. It's uh, some happening stuff going on. Go to patreon.com. Help your buddy Matt. Now, listen, what did I say? Avery and Heidi, I started asking them what the heck's going on. Why Why were the pentathlon people uh, fucking, why were the, the UIPM people fucking with the horses? We jumped right into it. Let's get to it. Away we go. And what were they supposed to do? What were they, what, what, what was, what, what are they charged with doing? In that meeting or just as a general as compliance? A, as a general, what are they supposed to be doing? They're supposed to guide and support the sport um, and represent athletes, I would say, is their main. Um, they have an entire constitution and bylaws that dictates what they must do and must not do. Um, primary function is to host events, to qualify for Olympics and World Cups, um, and to work tandem with IOC to provide teams. So why were they so quick to jump on this, do you think? Money is it our guess um, and educated one of that. Well, right. That's we, we, I mean, listen, so this has brought up a lot of conversation. Yeah. I've been talking to a lot mm-hmm. of people in the last few days. And we, the public, seem to accept as a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. that every two to four years, we get to see amazing athletes from all yeah. these countries do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And we are pretty sure that all the official people involved with these things are corrupt and are going to do what they want to do anyway. Like we just accept that as part of sport. Like we know that every, every time a city gets the Olympics, the city is left off worse than we started. There's few people at the top making all the money. They're coots, all the fucking brands. So like, it isn't news that these people are corrupt, I guess is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Or, or that sports are corrupted by money. But this, the, the canceling of the horses, so to speak, seems to be a not money-driven from the to the outsider, more of a like, oh, well, we don't want to be canceled for the horse thing, like, because people, because animal rights people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Heidi, by the way. We waited for a while, then we just jumped in. Avery couldn't stop out. talking. She, I know, that's my problem. <laughs> she's a chatterbox. So I guess that's, that's what we're starting. We're starting with what 
what made them say out with the horses and in with something else, which we'll get to is, is I want to say us or obstacle racing, but it's not really us either, as you've learned. So anyway, mm-hmm. what, what brought this on so quickly? So quickly, um, there's a little bit of a red herring argument to this, that it was Tokyo, um, that it was the ride in Tokyo, the famous one that's been all over the internet. Um, unfortunately, the German rider who had a very unfortunate ride um, and did not necessarily handle the situation as well as um, you would expect and hope from an Olympic athlete um, as far as horsemanship and um, general sportsmanship. And so that kind of has been the excuse for the emergency board meeting held by UIPM in secret, um, which is actually not allowed in their bylaws to do. Um, They're using the term force majeure, um, which is actually the incorrect use of that and what the bylaws state that they can use that for. Um, It cannot be used to alter the Constitution, which is how they used it to remove writing. And so... It looks like, and that's kind of been our biggest issue of, you know, we don't condone horse abuse or any other. We um, Heidi and I actually earlier today came from the barn to ride. Um, that is critical to our training and to be good horsemen um, or horsewomen in this case. Um, but well, if you say horse people, they think you're half yes. horse, half people. <laughs> yes. Only some days. If I could speak horse, it'd be a lot easier. Um, but... So that's kind of been the excuse and the lead up for the removal of riding, but um, through articles, through the parent partnership with USA Pentathlon, and I guess I'm kind of skipping ahead, but to obstacle course racing, this has clearly been a move that's been calculated and planned since as early as 2017 um, and positioned through poor governance and leadership of UIPM and refusing to modify, adapt, um, and evolve the riding event. Um, there have been... I believe since 2008, um, concerns about the riding event of how it was hosted and conducted, the rules, the guidelines, and UIPM has refused blatantly to follow normal horsemanship and rules uh, as far as FEI and other things and that's in the horse world considered normal of what should be allowed. Um, and so we've just seen a decline until there's been a huge kind of public awareness from Tokyo that's kind of led to all of this. So you're saying so that was a long answer. Well, just let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. And I, I typically, if you listen to my show, a person that kind of goes all over the place, which works for me. However, Perfect. we have a great opportunity to educate a whole lot of folks. Hopefully, a lot of our people are going to learn what you guys do, and hopefully, your people are going to learn a little bit about more about us. So, I, I want to try to have some sort of semblance of order. Part of me wants to just start over, and I may do that, or I'll probably chop this video up in pieces, but the whole, mm-hmm. but the whole podcast will come out. So. Are you saying that they wanted to get rid of horses for a while? And if so, why is there any more money in something else that's not horses? Forget OCR. Just why would they want to get rid of it, I guess? To, as far as why make a switch and not you keep said, riding? Why is there more money in yeah, something yeah, else? Yeah, you said going back as far as 2008 mm-hmm. or 2012 mm-hmm. or 15 or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Why is, there, mm-hmm. why is there more money in something else that's not equestrian? I think there is a bit of an emotional tie too. Um, there are viral videos of several executive board member, not several, I guess, specifically one stating he is, he considers himself and the other executive board members of UIPM to be the athletes. Um, and several of them competed in the sports were Olympic Olympians or very accomplished athletes who had a poor ride a long time ago. Um, and I think there is some bitterness because there is a lack of, uh, or not a lack of a bit of variability to the ride because you don't bring your own horse because you are with a random animal 
Um, granted, I think that's probably one of the most beautiful parts of this sport is that in 20 minutes, you need to make a partnership with a thousand pound animal. That's incredible. Um, it also allows a lot of athletes to do the sport that wouldn't be able to otherwise afford a horse. Um, and so, but over time, they, UIPM has not gathered relationships within the horse world. They've refused to work with FEI. They've refused to work with pony clubs in a lot of countries um, that would bring in money that way um, through viewership and sponsorship. And because, I mean, the horse industry is massive. The argument that there aren't horses is um, astounding to me because that's blatantly untrue. Um, but as far as why there's money in something else, I think that's just due to partnership. And I don't know if it's incompetency or um, unwilling to make other partnerships, but these have happened easier or um, there's some ties and some arguments to be made that this is a government issue among countries and has actually led to the push for this. Um, there will be a book being released here fairly soon that will speak to this. Um, I don't necessarily, we don't have the facts today of how that relationship works, but um, it's very large, almost conspiracy at this point of where the money flows. And I can't say why this is the path. There's money everywhere. Why did you pick this money? I'm not sure we can specifically say other than, this was the easiest route, maybe. Heidi, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I, I wish we could come here today and say, you know, have tracked the money and say this is where the money's coming from and this is why this change makes sense. I think that, um, you know, the problem is we don't we don't have a good um, handle on where is that money. We know that this doesn't make sense, and so the the assumption is to try and follow the money. And you know, the fact that there would be a payday this it's it's the only logical explanation. Because there, it really doesn't make sense to to make this change. They're trying to use a lot of red herring arguments to say that um, you know we need to stay innovative, we need to make it more accessible, we need to make it more affordable. But like Avery said, the way that riding is done in pentathlon, it's really the only way to make riding itself affordable for athletes who can't afford to own their own horse. We ride random horses um, so we can compete in a sport that we wouldn't otherwise be able to if you can't afford to own your own horse. So my understanding is that most pentathletes are typically riders first and then they learn to do the other things. Is that correct? Um, It comes both ways. Um, I would say a lot are. I think it's one of the harder disciplines to learn if you don't learn it young. Um, Avery came from a riding background, um, as many others did. Um, I did not. I came from a swimming background, um, kind of swimming and running, and then have worked on developing the more technical aspects. And it's, it's not easy to do it that way, but I think there's a fair number of athletes that do come in to it from the more um, physical endurance sports um, and then learn the technical aspects. So it's, it's, it's both ways. And so what are the disciplines just to kind of give everybody the overview? What are the actual disciplines? Sure. So we, we swim, we run, we shoot, we fence and we jump horses. What are the swimming distances? Yeah, so we do multiple things, but everything is relatively short. So for swimming, we swim 200 meters. Okay, and the run? Um, it's a total of a 3K um, split up into five 600s, and we shoot in between. So the running and the shooting are combined. What a good time that is. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <sighs> and it, it, it seems like – okay, so I still didn't quite get, Avery, what you said in terms of the people who are on the UIPM. You were saying – they didn't do well at the horse portion and that's why they're getting rid of it. Is that what you were, is that the Sometimes, conspiracy we're, I think, we're saying? Yes. That in the past that people have said it's unfair that um, I think one board member specifically, he claims that that is the reason he missed a podium and a team was due to a bad horse draw. 
And so he got a more difficult horse and um, was eliminated from the ride and therefore was unable to make a team. And, and the, so I, and the shooting, my understanding is that you've gone from actual bullets to lasers. <laughs> yes. They literally shoots um, the equivalent of a laser pointer that people would use in a classroom. Okay. So would you like to hear the odyssey of OCR to the Olympics in the last, I don't know, you could say 10 years, but more like seven, I'd say 13, 14, it came around from my perspective. So, oh, absolutely. So, so you know, there are very, very few people uh, who have paid as much attention to this than me. So I was telling Avery at the beginning, I started this out as uh, this looked fun. I wanted to talk to, I wanted to do a podcast about athletes. I quickly kind of became the guy that does the podcast about OCR. And in the last 10 years, there's been countless blogs, podcasts, YouTube channels that cover just because that's what people do, right? They start things. So um, I've I've never, when it was first announced, it was a partnership supposedly between Ian of World OCR, except it wasn't even called that back then, and Joe, the head of Spartan, Okay. They did a press conference in Tahoe, which is the site of the Spartan World Championships. Hey, we're doing this thing, and it's going to be great. We're going to get the Olympics and blah, blah, blah. The next – and there's – you can probably find the actual dates on these things, but the next thing that was going to happen was, well, so we need a bunch of organizations. we got to have it in a million countries. So there was a U.S. version sort of, USAOCR, but not really, that started up. And it was like, okay, what's the first event we're going to do? Well – we're not really affiliated with Spartan, but they have a course we can do it on, so it's at a Spartan event. So right away, everyone was like, "This seems this is Spartan, this is Spartan racing, not not obstacle racing. This seems shady, right?" And it was a uh, and they and they told us why they were including the laser thing, and nobody understood it. Nobody understood it because we don't we never touch guns, we never touch. It was making no sense whatsoever. So then the Spartan affiliation kind of falls away. There is a USOCR run by a guy, really good guy, but they did a horrible job marketing. And the first race they had in West Virginia, and there were like less than 100 people there. And it, there was no money payouts. And then pre-pandemic, they never even got off the ground for a second one. In the meantime, Ian has worked with many other countries to launch something called, you know, Europe OCR, England OCR, whatever those are. And they've, they were kind of quick to say yes, because they sort of live European countries, as you probably know, like kind of live by this concept of the Federation. We don't American, we have companies, right? We have Ironman, right? We have, you know, whoever, you know, the fucking Mountain Dew tour, we have Spartan, we don't, we don't really do the USA Federated, blah, 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 or they exist, but not necessarily in line with the brands. So some of the people aligned with him and then realized maybe he wasn't the best, so let's do our own sort of version of it. Um, but in the meantime, they put out a lot of press releases. World OCR puts out a lot of press releases. Hey, guess what? We got a new website. Hey, guess what? We've got a new logo. Hey, guess what? We might do this thing at some point, but then nothing ever actually happens other than them aligning themselves with events that already exist. So there's some sort of ninja competition, right? Uh, there's this one that was on top of Kilimanjaro that was the world's highest OCR. Great, looks fun, whatever. But in terms of our sport, obstacle racing, there are two recognized world championships that our community go to, focus on, win money at. Spartan puts on one. This company, Adventury, puts on one called the OCR World Championships. End of story. 
So people either don't know about Ian or they've heard about him but don't quite trust what's happening because it's been eight years and there's literally not been a world championship, right? When they finally announced the world championship, fall of 2019, okay? Fall of 2019, we've announced a world championship in dun, 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 Sochi, the country that was just kicked out of the Olympics because they, they cheated, right? We were like, huh, interesting, right? And then that never even happened because of COVID. And it's April of, it's May of 2022. There's still no announcement of where location would be for 2022. That's where we're at. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sounds a lot like pentathlon. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. So we've, we're in the same boat you are, um, except I guess the difference here is, is that like, it doesn't have any effect on us. Like, like Adrian, I'm sorry, like Ian can kind of make his announcements and do what he wants. And you've got people in OCR that don't give a shit anyway. People in OCR, they're like, that would be cool. It's amazing. We're on NBC. And some people are like, I don't care. I just want to go run in the mud. I don't give a shit whether they're on the Olympics or not. So do you have any other questions? <laughs> well, did, do you know anything about when um, OCR in the U.S. became a technical committee of USA Pentathlon? He had something to do with that. I mean, you'd have to okay. Google it. Again, you can look at their literature. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that the guy that, that started the USA version, okay, you can Google who, like, I don't want to, like, I'm not, a, no, I've had a lot of conversations off the record. So I just know they're not connected anymore. I can tell you that much. The guy that was working with Ian is no longer with Ian. He was doing his own USA version, okay? So... There was always this weird thing that I think we can backdoor into the Olympics because then we don't have to be federated in 100 countries because mm-hmm. pentathlon already is. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the thing behind pentathlon as far as I knew. But everyone knows that like, we, there's no way it's going to look anything like an obstacle race anyway. <laughs> it's got to be super uh, – what do you call it? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Standardized. So it's going to be what, like over and under some logs and over a wall? Like it can't look anything like our race looks like, which is varying obstacles, varying difficulty. That's what makes it exciting. That's what makes it fun. And that's why we've nobody really cares for the most part, personally speaking, but how a lot of people care about this idea of being in the Olympics because – the Olympics can't have like this guy's got a wall this big, this guy's got a log this big, this person got a rope that's a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's got to be like yeah, track right. and field. So yeah, I, we don't see how it's got a thing anyway. But the short answer is back to your question. There isn't. There is no USA OCR. Like there isn't one. Like show me where it is. There's a very small website with three documents on it. And what does it say? <laughs> Not much. Um, other than see USA Pentathlon for your finances, which is against the USOPC's rules of commingling finances. See, okay, what? Say that again. <laughs> so um, supposedly on the US OCR website and let's on USA Pentathlon. Let's, um, let's go to screen share. I don't know. Is it still there, Heidi? Because it. Um, last I looked, so say kind of November, December of last year when all this news came out um, and then we started being quite vocal about, um, you know, conflicts of interest, commingling of funds. Um, a lot of information started disappearing off websites. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we didn't have I'm sorry. Time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why is that so funny to me? Okay. So I'm looking at it now. 
And this is definitely Ian's thing because this is his logo, right? With the different countries, it looks the same in every country, right? Uh, the national governing body. That was that was step one, by the way. Step one, okay, was hey, we're the governing body, and we were all like, "Says who?" Right. And initially, they—I'm going to say they—U.S. and World OCR, which were kind of the same for a long time, tried to get. Like, hey, who wants to help us, right? And unfortunately, when you ask for a lot of free help, you get a lot of free help. And those people weren't very good at their jobs. And you know what I mean? And so like, all, like hey, you're going to be in charge of, you know, membership. You're going to be in charge of the social media. And it's all sucked. It's all sucked. Because you got you to gotta have the most passionate people also qualified. How do I know? Because it's what I do, right? I'm a news and information site. And it, you got to be on it all the time, right? I'm sure you have friends that you've asked to help and they're passionate but suck or might be good but are like, you can't afford my services. So, you know, we're not, we're just, I guess, maybe not big enough to do that, right? So when you see all this stuff, USOC is a member of USA Pentathlon Multisport, which is a member of the United States Olympic Committee and a founding member of, uh, it's like, they all made that up. That's all made up. Somebody said one of your one of your friends that was messaging me said who put Ian in charge. I'm like, well, Ian did. Yeah. There's been no votes. <laughs> I mean, if they did a vote, it was amongst themselves. And here's that's it, how they like it. Let me, let me give a little. Let me just give a slight bit of an example because I feel like to 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 be to be I don't know what the word I'm looking for is uh, Heidi Navery because I I look I lose track of words sometimes. But oh, I froze. Oh no, I got so excited I froze. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the picture that they use for the UIPM, right? Right? The picture, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go, oh, that looks like a lot of old white dudes. And I would say a couple years ago, I said to a friend, I go, well, none of those people have ever done a race. And he was like, yeah, Matt, but for people that do stuff at that level, like, they're going to be the white haired dudes. Like, that's who gets, that's, that's who, like, probably gets stuff done, like lawyers and people like that. It's not going to be you because, like, you don't have time. And so I was like, I guess that kind of makes sense if those people are at least honest. You're shaking your head no. Oh, that's what I'm about to say. I'm, I hope you told whoever was saying this that you're insulted because Heidi and I both work full time jobs, train full time, and we do a better job than most of these people. I'm sure, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you do, but you don't get to that level because you're not. You're not in the inner circle of old white dudes. Okay. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. For agreeing that this is an old boys club, uh, there's no dispute here. Not just old um, boys. Old and white. Let's be very specific. Yes. Yes, we should. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, we tried to get on to the boards, and exactly like you said, there's a vote amongst themselves. Um, the voting was not transparent. It was not legit. It was not a legitimate election. We, we did an internal investigation. It turns out we're not guilty. We're fine. We're going to keep doing it as we've been doing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The the only criteria that mattered to get on the board was previous experience on the board. <laughs> they, they sent that in an email. Yeah. So let's get back to the question at hand, okay? Let's go back to the question at hand. What Again, here's what's so nuts. Like, ap- apparently you guys had up to 60 sports to pick, right? And they picked OCR. And despite this magnanimous media conglomerate you see behind you, there's no money in OCR. Like, there's not, <laughs> right? Like, uh, there is some, right? Because Spartan exists and, and, mm-hmm. and there's, there's brands and companies and, and this company, you know, yeah. ORM exists. But we're, there's not gazillions of dollars from any, like, sponsor. Like, we all want it to get there. We hope it gets there. There's been a couple of TV deals. But wh- that's what I'm asking. Why would they pick 
us. Like, you can't tell me it's like, oh, well, they're, they're all friends with Ian from 20 years ago. That can't be it. We haven't really looked into Ian, have we, Heidi, to see if there's a connection to our key players? Um, I mean, we know he's on our he's he's a voting member of USA Pentathlon. That's about the as far as we know. Um, you know that when it was a big deal when they made the name change from USA Pentathlon to USA Pentathlon Multisport. Um, that was specifically to include this USA OCR. That's when USA OCR became a technical committee. Um, this and then that's also when they tested some of these obstacle events at world cups that year that was before our time in the sport um but i'm not sure if you've seen pictures of these obstacles they're they're exactly how you would imagine them it's running over pvc pipes about that big going up a ramp up and down like that um so it's not anything that a true ocr person is gonna get excited about um they're gonna they're gonna laugh and turn around and go home it's riveting really has youth appeal we'll send you some photos afterwards (laughs) well um Again, so why do you think they picked OCR? How into the conspiracies do you like to get? Matt? I like to go deep, man. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, Heidi, what we're allowed to say. Um, I mean, there's some government collusion. We do know that as far as hiding finances. Um, I don't know, Heidi, if you saw my text message to see. You can cut this out, Matt, but I'm not sure what we're allowed to say. Well, um, I can tell you that, I, that if you give me more work to do by editing, I'll be less happy. So just say it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly it's the Russians, but um, <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> Sorry, and I don't. So you understand? I, so listen, I know you're not going to believe this, mm-hmm. but I'm considerably older than both of you, okay? And the Russians were cheating when I was a kid, okay? They always have. <laughs> so we've kind of like they've never not done. Now listen, Russian athletes, plenty of you are amazing. I've met some of you yes. at obstacle races, but yes. is anyone surprised when it's like, oh, by the way, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, Matt, so. do some Googling on your free time. Uh, if you look up um, Joel Bazoo yeah. and his charity in Monaco and its ties to Russian oligarchs, it's some fun reading. I mean, just his Wikipedia page, it's a picture of him and Putin. So you, could, well, you well, can yeah, just why you, you should be proud of that. <laughs> I mean, you, should be, you should be proud of that. So, <laughs> so, yeah, again, it's like it's it's so messy because, like I said, at one point, they they were they changed it from calling OCR to obstacle sports because they wanted to like make this thing and also this idea that like oh look it's really tied to like the ancient games and blah 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 um, so let's call it obstacle sports instead of obstacle uh, it's obstacle racing um, but uh, again it it I, I can't understand why they would pick our very very niche sport that I still have to explain to people what I do for a living yeah. Um, I mean, I think that until, until we can truly track the money, if there is any money, um, or if it's just tied to, you know, a lot of it is just people trying to stay in the Olympic movement. Um, like you said, OCR is not at its core tied into the Olympic movement. Uh, pentathlon is pentathlon was created for the Olympics. Um, and so our existence in the Olympics does matter. Um, we don't really exist that much outside though. If this change does ultimately go through, I think there will be, um, there will be a resurgence in trying to maintain pentathlon as it is with riding, um, because truly no one, no one supports it with OCR. It's nothing against OCR. It's just, it's not our sport. Our sport is defined as swimming, running, shooting, horse jumping, and fencing. There's granted, there's been a lot of changes over time, 
within those disciplines, but the disciplines themselves have never changed. You know, we've gone from shooting 22s to air pistols now to laser guns, but it's, it's still shooting. Uh, Do you sometimes get together with the decathletes and like fight it out? Like, Hey, who's tougher? (laughs) We should. (laughs) How many, (laughs) how many days is your, is the pentathlon over? So that, that has changed too. Um, You know, technically now they are, touting this 90 minute format that we do all five events within 90 minutes. How is that possible? It's not. Um, they haven't done it yet. They've had a couple world cups where they've tested it. Um, each time it's gone well over 90 minutes, um, over two hours even. Um, and that is only the, the finals, um, a condensed version of the finals. So their shortened concept has actually takes an entire week to get to um, where we used to just have a, basically a prelim and a final now we have a we have prelims we have semis we have finals you're competing over multiple days um doing multiple rounds of fencing you ultimately explain to me explain to me the clothing changes that that take place (laughs) in a supposed 90 minute like honestly break it down for me yeah so um neither of us have actually participated in a 90 minute format just yet um there's only been like we said two events so far that have done it that way um but but yeah the organizers have suggested a Penta suit. We don't know what that means, but apparently that's something that you can wear either under your fencing uniform. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that's supposed to work, but yeah, we have we have very different gear for each element. And it's not it's practice. not like coming out of the water and putting on a pair of sneakers in a triathlon uh, or no. getting on a bicycle to what you need to wear to fence and what you need to ride a fucking horse. I don't know anything about these sports, but I know that it would take a few minutes. Right to get into the actual outfit, right? Yeah, like there's multiple layers with fencing. Multiple uh, layers, riding boots, right? Those yeah. can't go in the water. Nope, it's not so, even the same shoes for all all the events. So how would you like that? Just doesn't make any sense. Like if you told me if you told me a short one was five hours, I would be surprised. I would thought you were going to say over two days. Yeah, typ- typically it'll take a f- like if we do all the events in one day. Um, you know, at a national event, it will take the entire day. Um, cause a lot of times you're going from venue to venue. The whole idea of this is to be like confined in one stadium. I love the idea of the one stadium, but again, 90 yeah. minutes seems, seems insane. So let's talk about your organization that you are branding so well for the audio listeners. <laughs> They're wearing peak. What's so what's, what's the name of the organization? Peak pentathlon. Peak pentathlon. They've got rad, uh, long sleeves. I'll totally trade you like an ORM one for one of yours, maybe. Uh, Perfect. Avery, Avery, do you have a mission? Do you have a purpose statement? We do. I can't spot it verbatim, but um, our mission is to raise money and train athletes to help grow the sport, as well as make competitions at all levels accessible to everyone, is Is the condensed version. Heidi can probably say that better. Um, Yeah, no, that's that's our mission and our... um, it's, it's morphed and changed since, you know, our sport is changing. And so we've actually become almost more of an advocacy organization in the last six months, um, trying to advocate for our sport as it is with the five elements um, to keep riding as part of what we're doing. I'm, I'm looking at your uh, your Instagram, March 7th, the Atlanta Regional Awards. That's where I live. No way. Is that where, the, is that where you guys just were? Um, yeah, our last competition was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Were you there? Yes. 
Were you were you at the Conyers Horse Park or were you somewhere up north? Um, so we actually rode a little bit further out of town. Um, the majority of the competition, I guess, was in um, Marietta. Okay, that's where I grew up. Okay, cool. No way. <laughs> Totes, bro. So it looks like you're at a tennis court. What park is this? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm not going to remember the name. Look up the name, damn it, because I want to know if I like okay. played football there as a kid or something. This is very cool. Let me see. So are you aware of the Big Horse Park where they had the Olympics in 96? Are you aware of that? No. All right. They had the Olympic Games here in 96, and the Conyers Horse Park is the big. Mm-hmm. It's where we actually, ironically, now do a lot of obstacle races. Oh, wow. Makes sense. Anywhere there's dirt and trails and, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Terrell Mill Park? Was it Sewell Park? Look it up, damn it. I'm, I'm Googling. I'm Googling. Come on, lady. <laughs> we could have totally met. I could yeah. have taken you to get some Waffle House. Because seen you a pentathlon for. I could have seen a pentathlon. You should have. Uh, I see some. You should have. What do you call it? You should have tagged the location on the IG post. Right. So while yes, she's looking should. that up, tell me how many, Avery, how many athletes typically participate in some sort of local event like that? The local event you like that? for regional. For, okay, from yeah, was that one a qualifier, Heidi? That was a qualifier. Yeah. Okay, so that one has a bigger attendance because it is a qualifying event for an international team. So there's kind of more reason for people to travel to go because they have to if they want to continue to compete in the season. And so probably looking at between 15 to 20 um, men and women on each side is a really good turnout. Okay. So it's small. And, and then a little bit sad. So, and then I'm guessing you have a lot of like volunteers, like people, like mm-hmm. people, like for the judging and for all that stuff. Is there any mm-hmm. money involved? Like, do you win anything? No, I think one year at nationals, these masters events got handles of tequila, um, but there's no money. Okay. Did we find out which park it was yet, Heidi? Uh, Larry Bell Park. Larry Bell Park. You know that? What the hell is that? I know I've probably been there. It's on Fairground Street. So you were literally in Marietta. So that's like downtown Marietta. Um, let me look it up here. Hang on. Hang on. Let me go to... I'm sure I've been there. Where's the damn Google map? Larry Bell Park. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, by the Cobb Aquatic Center. Yep, that's where right we Right off of 41. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, so yeah. So that's like the heart of Marietta, essentially. Um, but yeah. So... Uh, um, so only 11 people per side? What? Because Does that include like all the age groups and everything? But 15 to 20 on each side. Um, yeah. I don't know, Heidi, exactly. I was unable to attend this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I want to say, that, yeah, probably 20-ish, 20-ish men, 20-ish women. Um, and that's across all ages. Um, and that's pretty standard. And those are our national qualifier events. Um, Which are never at the standard of what you will see when you go internationally, um, which has kind of been it. One of the major issues Heidi and I have been working to fight um, within the U.S. We send athletes qualified in an event that is not the standard. They will have to compete internationally. Meaning they have to get a lot better before they can compete with the rest of the world? Yes. And it's a safety hazard um, more than anything. So if we're talking about athlete welfare, um, we're jumping jumps that are six inches, Heidi, maybe a foot on a good day. And then we yeah, jumped I could walk over one of the jumps. So why do they do that? Great question. Um, it's depends who you ask. Either it's money, which means access to horses. Um, though Heidi and I have been able to put on local events where horses can jump up to over three feet. Um, and we're a nonprofit with far fewer funds than um, a U.S. organization. 
um, or it is so that more people can compete because there aren't enough athletes who can jump that high. Um, I think that's a poor excuse um, just because you don't bring the standards down to meet the athlete. You bring the athlete to meet the standards. Right. Um, and the fencing is hard to be comparable. It's less of a safety issue than more. It's just very difficult to be competitive internationally when, you know, we could buy an age group. So, you know, you could be fencing a 10 year old and a senior event, um, which incredible for the 10 year old, a little rough for the senior athlete who then gets beat up <laughs> by the Europeans and everyone else. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. So what, what else do we want people to know from you guys being on here? Um, I, I think just making awareness about pentathlon as a sport um, and that it is made up of a body of athletes that love riding. Um, you know, despite what people saw widely broadcasted on the news and social media of one unfortunate incident, which I will add that if the proper rules had been in place, which athletes have been calling for for decades, that situation would have never happened. Um, that athlete wouldn't have been allowed in the ring though or she would have had a different horse um so with proper rules in place that incident in tokyo simply wouldn't have happened um and so just you know the bulk of the bulk of pentathletes really truly care about riding they care about horses um they we care about the integrity of our sport and um you know this this change that was made behind closed doors without comment from athletes um it just it's unacceptable and you know, we're, we're not going to go down without a fight. And I guess I was just going to add to the, like we're a little microcosm of what is happening in sports across every kind. Um, And no one necessarily cares about what happens to pentathlon, but this is what's happening to athletes around the world and all of their sports. You know, it really saddened me when you said that, you know, we just as a public accept that sports are equal corruption. Um, And that is, the saddest statement I could hear. Um, and there's also why horrific events happen within sports because we've taken that as it's just part of it. We can't stop it. That is what it is. Um, and that's how, you know, the worst types of abuse happen because it happens from a top-down effect. You know, if executive boards are not held accountable, if they're allowed to waste money and make illegal votes, who is protecting the 10-year-old athlete from abuse all the way up to the senior athlete? So no one may care about pentathlon, but this is exactly what's happening in all sports. And this is why abuse happens in sports. The other question is, you know, people seem to be sort of celebrating like, oh, we're going to be in the 2028 Olympics. But aren't we (laughs) really, really far from that? It's like it hasn't even like they have to they have to do a lot of things Mm -hmm. like six years is a a long way away. And a lot of things have to happen. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The decision for the Olympics, they make decisions very far out. Um, and this still has to be tested. They have to, you know, make sure that it's going to fit. And the IOC does not look kindly on something trying to come in the back door. So the fact that this, it's not approved as of right now, pentathlon is not approved for the 2028 Olympics. It's got to work its way back in. And I think the chances of that happening with this addition of OCR is, is not likely. So I read they're testing something in June in, 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 is it Malta? Where is it? Turkey? In Turkey. In okay. Turkey. So yeah. What do you know, do you know about that event? We know nothing in terms of the test event. Um, it's, they're going to do it apparently in part with one of the world cups. That's the fourth world cup, um, of the series. 
that will be held in Turkey. Um, but we have no details in terms of when, where, what these obstacles will be, who will be taking part. What month is uh-huh. that supposed to be in? Uh, that will be in May, I believe. So it End is May. May. It is May. Oh, um, then maybe that one's in June. Let me pull it up real quick. I've got it right here. So do you know anyone going to that event? Currently, no. Um, I'm sorry. Turkey is the end of June. So less than two months from now, they're supposed to put this event on. Correct. So what's happening? That, I mean, we don't even know. Supposedly they're testing two different versions. They're not even announcing what those versions are. Um, we are, it's 2022, a year away from qualifying for the Olympics. I don't know any athlete in their right mind without threat and abuse from their own governments um, and national governing bodies would ever take part in that event, risk injury or anything else a year out from qualifying from the Olympics. So I'm not sure who their volunteers are going to be, um, but they're for the sad state of affairs that we talked about, about the Mm -hmm. corruption and whatnot. And even if we do think that the IRC is corrupt, you're saying they're not going to allow it. Like they can't say, so the, the, the UIPM or whatever, they can't say, Oh, we tested it. Where'd you test it? Well, we did it over in the corner when no one was looking and now it's fine. They can't do that, right? No. Like it has to be, I don't know, written about, videoed, like something, right? You would hope. (laughs) I mean, and the extent of the corruption, we don't know. I mean, obviously the IOC is likely corrupt as well. Um, And what backdoor agreements do they have? We're not privy to that information. Um, So, you know, can't really. Can I I read you what what Ian told me, actually? I just want to read this to you. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, because he, he he sent me an email before they printed something. Um, I said, is this good news for you? That's what I wrote the day that I got my thing. Um, official statement from World Obstacle just published. All information is approved by UIPM and IOC, so we can't act quickly, which is frustrating. This is the one that goes along with the picture of white. I'm sorry, there are a couple of women. I said I said all white men, there, and there is a woman of color, it appears. Um uh, much of what we do as a federation is to satisfy IOC requirements to be accepted as a sport. Events follow, which seems backward to the athletes and irrelevant, but is necessary to achieve the next steps. GAIS observer status recognition is the first formal milestone in our journey to become part of the Olympic movement. This accreditation recognizes our committee to developing obstacle sports worldwide, empowering our community and further enhancing our governance, compliance, and membership structures. Do you have any idea what that means? None. No. So they made a big deal about this observer status like a year ago. Like, what does that mean? No. You don't know? No. We've done a lot of research on all levels of how you govern sports, but that one has not come up. Um, um, and then it says examples, OCR 100-meter Guinness World Record ones, women, and again, they keep log- throwing themselves onto that were already going to happen, I think. So okay. there's this thing in the Philippines, and I think, you know, God bless the people in the Philippines, but, like, they're just, I think, happy to be whatever. So there's a 100-meter run, and it, it's something to do with the Guinness Book World Records, and so they were just like, oh, well, let's slap a thing on that. Let's 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 uh, call this World OCR. It's basically, it looks like a ninja ramp. It is a ninja ramp. Uh, so that's not, that's not OCR. That's ninja. That's something completely different. Okay. Um, so then the next email was, I love that you have no idea what it means, by the way. Um, and then uh, I said, okay, the, okay, I'm just going to read you this. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Arrive at an event that fits the pentathlon format for LA28. Must meet time and venue requirements specified by IOC. We need to have 
a race that is supported by our national federations and obstacle communities with their input. Opportunities include Inventon's Olympic program and other multi-sport games, Pan Am, Asia, Europe, Africa, plus future pentathlon events, for example, Obstacle Parentheses Ninja, OCR, Obstacle Laser Run with laser shooting, Tatathri Swim Run Obstacle Shoot. Longer goal is to campaign for a standalone event for 2032. <laughs> World Obstacle, parentheses FISO, is like the international federations that have swimming, running, shooting. We have a close collaborative relationship with Pentathlon UIPM. Does that make any sense to you? No, other than it kind of sounds like our worst fear of, you know, OCR is just going to use Pentathlon to get in the Olympics and then ditches like i, I kind of feel like we shouldn't even call it ocr because like that gives us a dirty word we should yeah. just say obstacle sports Obst- like yeah obstacle that, sports because that's not what we do like we do ocr and that's like some sort of like other thing like we we really like ocr we're very like you we're very protective of our community and certainly there's plenty of division and, and internet yes. fighting but but we definitely for the most part um don't want to be called this yucky thing that's fair <laughs> But you've done actual research on this and none of that makes sense to you, all those things I just said? No, other than it – I mean it just confirms our theory that this has been a, in the works far longer than their sudden panic force majeure vote following Tokyo. So they're saying someone punching a horse is act of God. That's what they're saying? <laughs> well, that their decision is uh, that they had to in response to that. So yeah, basically I guess um, – I can make some bad jokes about that, but I won't um, – so what's so what's next for you guys? Carry on as is for now, um, as well as continue our education. Um, I mean, it's made it very difficult to compete. Um, you know, when are events going to be? What are they going to look like? Are we going to have events? Is there going to be a boycott? Um, we can't even get information from our federation on when U.S. Nationals is. Um, very hard to train and plan plan for those things if you don't even have a date. Could be anywhere the, from well. So who's the U.S. version? Is a USA Modern Pentathlon and Multisport, or sorry, Pentathlon and Multisport. Whatever. Like, my dad. Yeah. Like, like the UPI is the international one, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who's the American one? It's US, or yeah, US Pentathlon and Multisport um, based in Colorado Springs. Um, they've got a board of 11 individuals. Do you know, the, do you know those people? Very yeah. well. Okay, so then what's the deal there? Oh, they orchestrated this. Oh, they orchestrated this. I thought it was the world. I thought it was the people in the photo. So two of USA Pentathlon's board are also on UIPM's board, who are in the executive vote, who are in all these photos. Rob Stoll was on OCR's board. They've uh, miraculously erased that, except for in their minutes. They forgot that part. Oh, can you Um, send that to me? Yes, we can. So what's his name? I've never heard of this guy. What's his name? (laughs) Right? Rob Stoll, ruining all of our lives. Um, Spell it. R-O-B-S-T-U-L-L. So you've noticed, so you noticed, yeah, so February 2019, they had this camp, I guess, in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs, because that's where the U.S. Training Center is. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's showing that he was a fencer and he showed something. He, I guess he, okay. he yeah. led something, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer are elected to the first regular meeting each calendar year. So nobody knows who any of these people are, right? It's convenient, isn't it? Uh, partners, becoming a partner, current sponsors. Current sponsors, big surprise, coming soon. Uh, affiliated gyms. Uh, they list a 
couple of gyms. I don't know what those gyms do. Events, sanctioned races, national championships, world championships. Okay, so here's the thing. There's no fucking championships, right? 2022 National Series, coming soon, right? So that's nothing. World championships, uh, coming soon. Sanctioned races, coming soon. <laughs> okay, wait. Executive committee. Okay, governance. Uh, Jason Stanley, Stacy Stam, Rachel Cosgrove. No idea who any of those people are. Let's look them up. I think Rachel Cosgrove might be an obstacle racer. Uh, uh, hang on a second. When she comes up as like a fitness coach, okay, <laughs> with a pop-up window, okay? Stacey, I'm sorry, I'm not doing a screen share, but I'm just doing this. Stacy Stam. Yeah, I don't know who any of these fucking people are. We don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, no idea. Minions. I, I guess. Like, and the chairman is Jason Stanley. Do you know who that is? I, I have no idea who any of these people are. Yeah. So, like I said, they release a lot of press releases, but not any actual, like, information. Oh, oh, okay. He's the guy that race tricks this, this, um, this, uh, what do you call it? This this uh, thing they do in the this thing they do in the top of the mountain. So he's the race director of that. The similarities between the two organizations are mind blowing. <laughs> Which is just the commingling of all the businesses and the boards. Yes, and you know you said they publish things but no information. You don't have a world champion or a national championship. You don't have anything announced. No scheduling. The nightmare we live every day. And, and again, you can't say just like, oh, we're working on it. Because again, you're talking about going back to 2014. Like you're talking about long. And meanwhile, yes. and meanwhile, Spartan, of course, has put on a world championship every year since 20, technically 2011, but 2012 when people kind of mattered. And this company called Adventury, which puts on the OCR world championships, which everybody loves, the community loves. It's mm -hmm. like everybody loves awesome. it. It's been going on since 2014. So um, it's not like you can't. It's, it's possible mm -hmm. to do. So um, do you guys have any other questions before we wrap up? Not that I can think of. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and doing this. Oh, well, thank you for inviting us. I'm, I'm sorry that this happened. I do feel badly. Likewise, I kind of feel like two of the most uh, dysfunctional parts of both of our sports got together and were like, "We're going to make a new one and make it worse." So, unbelievable. eating dinner what are you doing i'm eating okay what are you eating buddy Dorito. Eating. joe's I'm eating doritos everybody doritos <laughs> all right let's dive right in modern pentathlon confirms obstacle racing will replace equestrian from 2024 governing body makes landmark decision despite opposition so people hate horses they hate rephrase that People hate using horses as a trick. I think that's why, right? Horses are being canceled. So now that's our in. Now we're in. I, um, you know, I, I, I uh, went to talk to modern pentathlon, pentathlon years ago because it made so much sense that that would be a good home for us. And they came out. You, you don't remember this, but it had to be five years ago. Uh, they came out to one of our races in Colorado. I spent two days with with the whole Olympic contingent, and they they came around and they looked at the whole sport, and it was an awesome two days. But then it didn't really go anywhere, and I we just kept pushing and pushing. And I obviously worked with um, my buddy Ian Adamson, and I, I can't tell you how many trips to Switzerland and this and that. 
And um, I just thought, you know, I guess it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And then all these other sports were getting added over the years. And that was kind of frustrating. You know, I was in Japan. I figured we could work some angles with Japan. I didn't get anywhere. France was coming up and they wanted break dancing and not obstacle racing. And um, here I was sitting. I'm, I'm literally like knife fighting these days, right? Let's go down a rabbit hole for a second. Sure. So back in 2010, when we started 2009, 2010 with, with this brand, this concept, um, it was hard, right? Because you'd, you'd, you'd announce a race and then you had to get people to go. And then you'd announce another race and you had to get people to go. And, but you added like one race at a time, maybe two races. And so uh, the good news was you had, you had money coming in. Um, it was very stressful, but you could kind of make it work. One race, one, add one, add one. When the pandemic happened, I remember sitting in Heathrow Airport and I was like, oh my God, the disaster is not going to be the dormancy period where we don't have anything going on. The disaster is going to be when we turn the light switch back on and we add 300 races at once, because that's going to require, you know, a, literally $125 million at once. And, um, and so that I literally, I feel like, um, one of the, um, Spartan warriors 2,500 years ago in Thermopylae, when like 10,000 of the enemy come up over the hill. That's what I feel like right now. And so I'm sitting here in my bunker fighting that battle and it comes across the tape, as we say, uh, us old Wall Street guys, it comes across tape obstacle racing, the Olympics. I'm like- So you didn't even know. You just saw it when I saw it, like with Google alerts this morning. No one called me. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like- Well, so your friend Ian posts a lot of stuff. He's, he's, he's a good PR guy. Hey, we did this. We did that. We did Ninja. We did high. We're in the mountains now, but I've never seen like a regular, what you and I would refer to as an obstacle race happen for them on a world scale. Obviously the pandemic didn't happen, but he's had like six, seven years and they haven't produced much except for these other things, which don't matter to the average obstacle racer or our industry, I think. So did, I assume he saw it coming. I shot him an email today. Uh, what are you drinking by the way? This is a chlorophyll. I'm uh, trying to knock myself out. <laughs> what are you drinking? It's literally chlorophyll. It is not literally. Are you? Did you spend time with that dude, Rogan, and now you guys are swapping Invermectin uh, <laughs> recipes? Well, I don't want to throw him under the bus because he's he's a pretty powerful guy, but um, he did send me this. I don't, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, on Ian. Are you going to uh, grow branches now that you've drinking chlorophyll? I might grow a branch. Who knows? It'd be a pretty rugged branch. <laughs> um, listen, I'm just excited. I, like when I started that narrative, God, Matt, how many? It's got to be eight, nine, ten years ago when I started that narrative of we're gonna make we're gonna be an Olympic sport. Like when you say something like that, like I'm gonna marry that woman, or I'm gonna have you. You don't know that it's like you're putting it out in the universe, and it's part hope and part hard work or whatever. And, um, we got to remember this moment. So I'm glad, I'm glad we're talking. We got to remember this moment because I literally walked out my, I'm having a tough week, tough day, tough month. And I'm like, this is not how I thought it would happen. <laughs> did like, you, did you call me out before or after I texted you? Cause I just saw that video mm, before. Okay. So for those that don't know, 
Joe said, everyone told me this wasn't going to happen, including my friend Matt Davis. Uh, so for the record, what I said when people asked me, I said, well, I think Joe used that as a big tentpole in the early years. Uh, but it was kind of like part of his shtick, like, hey, maybe we'll get in the Olympics one day. And I didn't think you were, quote unquote, like seriously. And then they, they, basically there were they were fits and starts. Like, again, you and I talk a lot off the record. Hey, Matt, we made this call. We tried this. We, we talked to the people with the lasers, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So it wasn't that I thought it would never happen. I just didn't. 2028 seems soon. I put it to you that way. And again, I don't let's not count our chickens just yet. They approved it. It's still got to go through whatever the hell an Olympic process is to make it for you and me to be standing there. By the way, it's L.A., so you can bet your ass I will be there. First of all, I'm sure I will be hired for the amazing NBC broadcast team. But even if I'm not for some reason, uh, I'll be there. You can bet your ass. It's L.A. It's this country. I'll be there. So anyway, before we're standing there in L.A. and you and I are crying when they play the national anthem. Here's a question for you. Do you think it had anything to do with, and I'm serious, because because L.A., you know, the folks that are in charge of the L.A. Olympics are very plugged in, in individuals, this guy, Casey Wasserman. Do you think it had anything to do with that Venus and Serena Williams do a ton of Spartan races? Did it have anything to do with doing a Spartan? Did it have anything to do with the Kardashians having filled an entire Spartan course? I, I'm not being facetious or silly. Like, like, it became part of culture, right? Like, and it had to be part of culture in L.A. for somebody to take notice. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Um, three weeks ago, five weeks ago, whenever it was, I was in Jacksonville. We had a, um, a combat event there, like a wrestling tournament. And a friend of mine whose, whose children, whose boys, are some of the best wrestlers in the country and the world, he said to me, Joe, could you put me through one of those death races, those crazy things you do? And I said, why? He's like a 50-year-old guy. I said, why? He goes, because my business is doing really well. My kids are doing really well. And I kind of feel like I was born on third base. And I just need to be beat up. So I said, yeah, I'll wake you up. I'll wake you up tonight. We'll head out in the beach. So 1, 1.30 in the morning, I wake him up. We head out on the beach. And I got him carrying rocks. All the stuff you know I would make somebody do. And I'm kicking sand in his face. And I'm making, making him go in the ocean. And I'm, I'm just destroying him for five or six hours. The police show up. Two big police trucks with the lights, the kind of police trucks that would be on the beach. The, the police officers get out of their trucks, they're holding their, their guns, and they see me kicking sand in this guy's face and he's covered in, and they see my sweatshirt, this sweatshirt, and it says, you know, Spartan. And they said, oh, is this a Spartan thing? I said, yeah. They said, oh, carry on. And they got back in the truck and they drove away. And I thought, wow, we've, we've actually entered like consciousness, right? In, in certainly in this country. And so maybe it wove its way into the powers that be in LA. And somebody said, look, we're canceling horse, your point. Um, obstacle racing, it's gotta be as big as break dancing. Um, let's get this thing in the Olympics. So what about, uh, what about your friend, uh, Mike Prince that tried to move it to New York? Mm, that would have been, um, that would have been challenging. I mean, I, well, LA is going to be challenging, but Whatever. I'm, I'm did, just, you not, did you not just catch my reference? I thought you watched Billions. I thought it was the one show you watched. Oh, I, I, do, watch, um, I do watch Billions, but, um, but I, like, I like Billions. I don't have anything. <laughs> I like Billions. No, but that was the big plot line this year was that the guy was trying to move the Olympics. Oh, I didn't see this year's. I didn't see this year's. Okay, season. so we're, we're, I think we're halfway through the season, or maybe it's over. I can't remember. You know how they do it now. They split it up. But the, the guy that replaced... Uh, the guy that replaced Axe is the guy Mike Prince, 
And his whole thing, spoiler alert, is he's trying to move the Olympics to New York, and that becomes the whole story. So anyway. Is Axe out? Yeah, so he wanted to spend more time with his family. I think his wife got sick, and so he moved back home. And it, it does work without him. Quick side note. Some things I liked the season, some things I didn't. I think for sure when they finally wrap it up in a season or two, they got to bring him back for that final loop. But uh, but yeah, he's he's out. Remember at the end of last season, he flew away. Axe uh, Prince bought him out for two billion, and he left. Mm, I didn't, I probably didn't see the end of last season. I, I don't remember that scene. Right, but, but I think uh, who's your who's your wags, uh, Joe? Who's <laughs> who does all your dirty work for you? <laughs> who is my wags? Mm, I got a friend of mine. I'm 53. I got a friend of mine. I know him um, 49 years. We're friends. So since you're two. Well, I'm 53. So since I'm four, um, he's um, he's like six foot one, 230 pounds. And um, he's my wags. Okay. I won't ask you any more questions about that. Let's get back to this. Okay. Part, part of what I thought was stopping you was you were very concerned about confusing and i think what some people think in general is confusing the brand with the sport right and i have said to you and publicly i think joe needs to focus that he's he's the industry leader but he is not the industry so we call it obstacle racing we don't call it spartan racing and spartan racing can't be in the olympics obstacle racing has to be in the olympics right so you've come around to that right very much like the ironman model in triathlon right exactly so so now what happens if ian and his World OCR are the ones that are that are making the inroads and getting all the what do you call it? You have to have so many affiliations in so many countries. What are what are you doing? What's your affiliation? Governing bodies. Governing right. So where where are you in all this? I am um, I'm on one of the boards um, that was put together. I'd like to have a say in um, in the actual um, layout of what the course looks like. I know the whole world will be in an uproar over burpees but we'll solve that i i was so excited not gonna, not gonna happen come on man i was i was so excited this weekend somebody forwarded me an email of um one of the new um military courses on a military base that they run all the soldiers through big base a lot of soldiers they've added burpees if you can't get an obstacle done and i was like we have we have inspired the military um now in fairness the burpee was invented for the military back uh, you know 50 years ago so it's funny to see it come back and be tied um, to obstacles but I'd, I'd love to have a say I'd love to um, well shit my kids are going to have to compete my kids are going to have to compete in the sport unbelievable, well, unbelievable. but you but you've 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 turned them into wrestlers though you've been like the uh, who's that guy was it Rob Johnson who's the guy who's whose dad tried to invent the perfect quarterback You've had them in wrestling, so now they got to shift gears. They got to shift gears, but wrestlers work hard, so they've got a great base. Hobie Call is going to have to come back into the game. Um, Hobie Call will be too old. Listen, I'll be fifty-eight. You'll be sixty-one yeah. if you don't die of a heart attack first. Oof! Knock on wood. Hey, what are we going to do? Like Hunter, obviously not. <laughs> he doesn't have what it takes for this. <laughs> um, I'm going to feel bad. Like I, I, Isaiah would be able to pull it off. Isaiah, not Hunter though. Joe, you need to, you need to listen to my show more. There's a lot of athletes that have come in the sports since Hunter and Isaiah hundreds, if not thousands. Let's talk about, let's talk about the industry though. Yeah. I assumed 
and we all know what happens when you assume, but I assumed that, you know, 2020, still some races happened. 2021, you brought races back. There's still people afraid to go outside, yada, yada, different cities, different markets. 2022, I thought we're going to see a pop. We're going to see a big pop from people who are stuck inside. We have not seen that pop from the attendance numbers this year's. What are you seeing? What are you hearing from your compatriots in the endurance world and the marathon world or even 5k world? Yeah. So here's what we noticed is, um, over the last, oh shit, it's been 22 years of putting on events. Our events over 22 years always did better in, um, economies that were doing worse. So the only thing I can assume, I'm assuming like you assume is when you and I are not feeling as rich, Matt, we're like, we're not going to Disney. We're not going to that concert. We're going to go crawl under barbed wire. We're going to go do something meaningful. And so I suspect with all the free money and all the cryptocurrencies and all the AMCs and GameStops that folks were just feeling a little too rich. And so um, a little market correction and a little change of pace, I think, gets things back on track. Because remember, we operate in 45. We operated in 45 countries. We're slowly coming back. Um, The countries that are doing worse economically do better for us in attendance. If that makes sense. Well, I haven't. I don't, I mostly keep track of the U.S. numbers. I haven't. I haven't as as much with the other ones. So are Europe numbers back? And I've seen. You know, you guys have a race every weekend somewhere. So are those numbers coming back? How are those doing? They're coming back, but no, nowhere are we like. Oh, yeah. Actually, we just had a race somewhere where the numbers were really, really good. I think Montana's looking amazing. Um, so look, we're seeing inch inching up, and I, Matt, I suspect. Um, you need a full year of getting people back into the system and back to getting dirty and back to crawling and talking about it and taking, you need a full year of that to come back. And it's not, it's not just obstacle racing. It's across the board. Um, doesn't matter what, what it is. Well, that's what I meant. If you've talked to people who put on same, same deal everywhere. Uh, so hang on, my kid's acting crazy over there. So, uh, now he made me lose my place. Oh, you, I, I, we just have to remember this day. Listen, I will never forget this day. It's May the 2nd. It's 2022. Um, I thought... You have a chance. Think about how powerful this day is for you. Ready? You literally could become the Joe Rogan now. Now this is like a legit sport. Right. You're kind of a comedian. You come from from a similar background. You've got a podcast. Like, Like literally, you could become... People could be talking about you five, six years ago from now like... Like Rogan. Let's listen. Let's let's hope so. Right? Let's hope so. This could be big. Now I know you're into amateur wrestling. Do you know that I've kind of become a big fan of professional wrestling in the last few years? I loved it as a kid, and now my kids are into it, and I've become a huge fan of professional wrestling. And do you watch any of the professional wrestling? Did you ever go to MSG and see Bruno San Martino? Not my thing. Never. I'm good friends with a guy named Lonnie Maine. I think his father was Moondog Maine. Um, I'm going to connect you with him and you guys could, you know, talk about, I met him, I met him in Tahoe, but I'll have to re- reach back out. Yeah. You never went to any of those things back in the day, back in the eighties. You know, and when you think about why I was the way I was regarding Spartan and never wanting to make it hokey, always wanting it to be a sport, you can see why I wasn't interested in dungeon and dragons. I wasn't interested in like fake wrestling. I wasn't, I just wasn't as a kid interested in any of that. If it wasn't real, um, if it wasn't timed, I, I just wasn't interested. 
Well, you do. So speaking of which, you do you you do own another brand. You do own Tough Mudder that isn't timed. That's a very good challenge, though. I just did the Georgia Tough Mudder. I loved it. It was a great time. Uh, Kyle did a great job. I know we lost Kyle recently uh, to another business. Not he's not dead. Um, <laughs> but I I see that if you're putting my thought was if they're putting like you guys are adding markets back to Mudder, it dropped down. So I thought, well, Joe's not gonna throw money away like if you're adding markets with mutter you must see something there right yeah i mean we're, we're able to um make it a much more efficient business we're digging ourselves out of a hole that um they got themselves into like we did with covid um but we see some really interesting signs that look it's always been a great brand um as much as i hated it and i wanted to kill it um it's it's a great brand and um and I still run into a lot of people, Matt, as I'm sure you do. And they'll say to me like, oh, Spartan, is that like mutter? Right. So, you know, so I, it's just two, literally two different segments of the population. Yeah. I mean, or vice versa. If, if I said, have you done or heard of, it's yeah. always, it's always one or the other. So uh, thanks for coming on and doing this short notice. Uh, you, 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 you open the office officially in Orlando. I open the office officially and um, would love to have you down here. And I'm looking for folks that live in the Orlando area who are animals and just want to get after it and want to come work in the office here with us. Do you do you promise them very low pay and really long hours? Anybody working for us, Matt, the first thing we say is you need to read the book Shackleton's Endurance. You have to understand that there's very low rations. There's periods of complete darkness and return is unlikely. Do you still want to join this team? And um, I, I just had a, a guy this weekend that said, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And I said, are you double sure you're all in? Because like this is a hard, hard business. And, um, and so, yeah, we, we, we are up front. And there you have it. Support those people. Support the pentathlon people. Show them your love. Maybe message on their page that you heard this podcast and you're down for their cause. Uh, let them know you're big fans. Unless you're not. If you're not a big fan, don't let them know. That's fine. Uh, but if you agree with them, I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. Uh, don't forget Savage Race this weekend. Didn't say that at the top of the show. I'm saying it now. Savage Race live coverage bringing to you this weekend. Me, Bracken on the mic, bringing you maybe a special guest or two. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So stay tuned for that. Uh, talk to you uh, then and have a great, great weekend, everybody. Love you. Miss you. Mean it. I've got to run. got an idea for a business the store of your dreams there's just one thing to figure out everything that's why shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online in person and everywhere else sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling it's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want so when you're ready to bring your idea to life power it up with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com listen 